You're on the Plants Grow Here podcast. I'm Daniel Fuller. Come along with me as we enter a hidden world of deep horticultural, ecological and landscape gardening knowledge with featured experts, industry professionals and enthusiasts. Some of you guys really enjoyed my chat with Scott Smith in episode 119, Behind the Podcast, so I thought I'd give you one more look behind the scenes. Earlier this year, I was invited to record a chat about starting and marketing a podcast with Lisa Davidson and Monica Rutzika for their podcast, Straight to Business. Monica and I have been connected pretty much since the Plants Grow Here podcast started, when I interviewed James Draguna from an NGO called Happy Community Organization that Monica's also a part of, for one of the first episodes I ever released. Some of you guys are going to love this episode, and some of you guys might like to look for a gardening topic in the back catalogue this week. Let's get straight to business. Whether you want to optimize your lead generation, make the most of your marketing budget, or gain and maintain a competitive advantage in the field, Monika Rusica and Lisa Davidson give you the expert insights on social selling to take your business to the next level. This episode is brought to you by Ready for Social, the B2B social selling experts. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Straight to Business. Thanks for tuning into another episode of our podcast about social selling and B2B. Today, Monica and I are looking into whether or not your digital marketing strategy should include a podcast as well. When Monica and I started our Straight to Business podcast, we came across an article in Entrepreneur Magazine Online entitled, Why Podcasting is the Next Marketing Frontier. That was four years ago. According to Podcast Insights, there were 525,000 different podcasts in 2018. That number grew to 2 million in 2021. The increasing use of mobile devices has partly fueled the interest in podcasts. Another reason is the plain lack of time that many people experience today. Listening to a podcast is a great way to learn new things or be entertained while doing other activities, from driving the kids to soccer practice to cleaning the house. So it's no surprise that more and more businesses are exploring podcasts as a marketing tool to build brand awareness, become thought leaders, and increase leads and sales. Some examples are large companies, such as German-based Wirt Electronic or T-Mobile US, which have launched their own podcast. But let us tell you one thing from our own experience. Podcasting is a bit like social selling. It's definitely a marathon, not a sprint. Today, we will explore this topic in more detail with professional podcaster and content expert, Daniel Fuller. Hi, Daniel. We are so excited to have you here today. G'day, Lisa and Monica. How are you going? Good. How are you, Daniel? How is Australia? Really good, thanks. So contrary to probably what you guys might think about Australia, it's very wet and cold in Melbourne right now. Oh my gosh, it sounds like Seattle. (laughs) Yeah, it's quite (laughs) miserable. Oh gosh. I definitely picture it like always being sunny and warm and you can go surfing and it's just fun. That's what we do. We want your tourism dollars, so we're happy happy for you to believe that. (laughs) Okay. Well, guys, before we focus on the specifics of whether or not a podcast is the right tool for a business's digital marketing strategy, I'd like to give our listeners at home some more information about Daniel. Daniel Fuller is the host and producer of the Plants Grow Here podcast, 
a popular podcast for the horticulture and landscape industry. He's also a writer for the Hort Journal magazine, a trade and industry journal for the nursery and garden industry. Besides his passion for nature and the environment, Daniel likes to help B2B businesses grow in the industry through niche advertising and give tips and tricks on launching new podcasts successfully. His background in landscape maintenance and expertise in a niche branch informs his current work in the media space and enables him to share valuable insights. You guys need to know that Daniel's Plants Grow Here podcast ranks among the top 3% globally and is currently the number 14 in Australia's leisure and home and garden category on Apple Podcasts. Originally from Melbourne, Australia, Daniel enjoys traveling and helped his wife launch her own digital wedding invitation business before he started his podcast. So as you can see, Daniel has an impressive background and is extremely successful with his own podcast. That's why we believe he is the perfect expert to answer all the questions you might have about the role of podcasts in modern marketing. Daniel, with that, I'd like to jump right to our topic and ask if you could explain the role and importance of podcasts in today's marketing business. Sure thing, Lisa. So let's start with, it's as important as you'd like to make it, right? So whether or not you make a podcast, the world's going to keep turning, okay? What you really need, you really need food, water, shelter, and love. But podcast obviously is a really important space for a lot of businesses because we all want to grow in the online space. So people use podcasts to be entertained or to learn, right? So they're seeking out information. As a brand, what you can do is provide information to people who are seeking out that information, right? So let's say your customers are searching for a particular thing all the time. Let's say they're searching for how to use a whippersnipper. Well, why don't you, as a whippersnipper seller, get onto a plants podcast and talk about whippersnipping so that then when people are learning about whippersnippers, they keep hearing your brand name? I have a question. Go for it. <laughs> Sorry. What is a whippersnipper? <laughs> is it a gardening tool? <laughs> yes, it's a gardening tool. So we call it a whippersnipper in Australia. Brush cutter or a line trimmer? A strimmer oh. they call it in the UK? Oh, okay, this like long stick with this motorized like miniature lawnmower yes. at the end. Okay, cool. <laughs> Isn't it called an edger in the US? Yes. Yep. Okay. We call them that too sometimes. Okay. Oh my gosh, I already learned something. <laughs> <laughs> so there are different ways that you can do podcasting as a business. Like, do you just, is it worth it for you to start your own podcast or do you just want to get onto a podcast? So let's say, You've got a, a few different apps and stuff like that, a few different people who've um, created products and who are selling products who've been on your podcast, right, on the Straight to Business podcast. Mm -hmm. And they're not just getting on there and talking about, oh, buy my product, buy my product, buy my product. They're on there to teach people something. And a certain percentage of those people are going to come away and be like, oh, I actually need that product. Yeah. So that's really what we're doing uh, in podcasting for business. You know, we're marketing and a podcast isn't a source of revenue. A podcast is a way to build an audience. And that's a very important distinction to make. Yeah, I, I find that important. Thank you for highlighting that right at the beginning. That was actually also what motivated Lisa and I to give our podcast its own brand. So both Lisa and I work for the same company, Ready for Social. We do social selling for a living, but we really wanted the podcast to be on a standalone basis. And while we talk about things around digital marketing and social selling, we didn't want 
we didn't, just as you said, we didn't want it to be a promotion for our products and services at all. We want to educate people and have conversations. That's basically it. Mm. And that's going to naturally happen anyway, right? People are going to be like, oh, who is this Monica? Who is this Lisa? What do they do? You know, these guys are really cool. How can they help me? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true. We've had like a couple of conversations like, okay, what are you actually doing and why does that matter and so on. But yeah, it's, I think it's really good also for us, you know, it's nice to, to have that out of our system and say, hey, you know, this is not a thing which we use to generate revenue, but like on in the mm. podcast, we can really focus on the content. Great, great point. I'd yeah. also like to highlight something too. So I think a lot of brands and particularly I find writers, they want to get onto a podcast and then they will actually reach out to like a PR group who's going to write up a whole novel in an email and they send them out to all these different podcasts. And it's so apparent when you read one of these emails that this particular PR person has no idea about your podcast or your audience it's very generic what they're telling you. And it's really hard to go and read all of that content. So my advice would be keep it real. If you want to reach out to a podcast, just write under eight sentences, probably six, ideally, if you can do it in four sentences, perfect. Uh, just tell us, who are you? Show me that you know my podcast and then tell me how you can help my audience. And that's all you need to tell me. I don't need to know about how your grandma helped you in your journey. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. We are so, we are not there yet that we are, you know, getting overrun with these kind of emails. So we are still like, we know where we are hoping to get there. We are uh, right now, we are, we are asking people to be on our podcast. But a lot of people are interested in being on podcasts because podcast seems to be the thing to do these days. It's very, you say podcast and people just go, <gasps> it's like the magic word. People just open up doors for you. Yes, yeah, it's very had trendy <laughs> right now. <laughs> We had uh, the other day, we had a guest speaker called Jeff Epstein from a medical device company up here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, Triton. And I, I knew him from my network from, from business school. And I, I sent him a message and we had a chat and he like, we exchanged like two or three sentences and was he, he said, you had me at the word podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we did a great episode with him, but, but yeah, he, he was like, okay, yeah, I'd like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually so, wanted to bring up a point from that episode later on in this show too. So Okay, cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, Daniel, let's first uh, talk about your own podcast journey. So, obviously, you've been very successful with it. Can you share a little bit how it all started and how our listeners can maybe start their own podcast? Sure. Well, look, everyone's journey is going to be unique, right? But hopefully our listeners can hear something generic in what I'm talking about and something that applies to them. So as we sort of said at the start, I helped my wife build her business. And then at a certain point, she just became self-sufficient. And I, in the afternoons, came home and watched TV. And that was getting <laughs> a little bit boring for me. So I thought, all right, well, what's my project? So it took a lot of nights staying up with my wife talking at night, just like we did with her business of just thinking like, so what is it? What's this next project that I'm going to do? Like, what am I going to do with this time I have in the afternoons? And after years, literally, I remember walking around with coffees talking about it. And I even, we, me and my wife went to a cafe recently and we went, we sat underneath the same tree that I used to dream about what I was going to do. So it, it's interesting how that happens, but definitely just a lot of dreaming and a lot of learning. So I, at work, I listened to a lot of podcasts about online business, about horticulture, and um, also Pat Flynn's one 
from about podcasting. That was a really influential podcast for me. And that was probably the resource that I used the most to start my podcast. So in lockdown, that's when I realized it was time. So we had eight weeks in September of 2021, 2020 it was, sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, We started an eight week lockdown. So I had all this time and even gardeners weren't allowed to garden. So I had all this time suddenly. So I started, I had a blog already, a horticulture blog. So I started reaching out to a bunch of business owners trying to create an article about would you rather hire someone with more experience or someone with less experience? And one of the people who got back, he was interested in the podcast space too. And he was like, hey, what are your plans? And I was like, I want to start a podcast. And he was like, hey, can I help? So he was there and we sort of like talked a lot and dreamed a lot. And I told him, I brought him into my plans and stuff like that. In the end, it turns out that that wasn't really for him. He ended up leaving and that's that was fine. But yeah, it took me eight weeks to actually put together the content and launch the thing. So anyone out there who wants to start a podcast, I would tell you, think about how long you think it's going to take you and just quadruple it. Because it took me eight weeks of full time to release yeah, a podcast with 10 episodes. When I recorded the episodes, it took me a long time to get my voice right because I've always been lazy with my voice. I think everybody mm-hmm. is until you start speaking publicly. Yeah. So that was a steep learning curve for me. And, you know, you listen back to your voice and you hate it. And I still hate it, but I'm getting better with some things. So the first 10 episodes, I actually re-recorded my end of most of those episodes. So everything that you hear in the in the first few episodes, a lot of that is me re-recording myself because I'm speaking too quickly. I'm speaking too slowly. I'm not speaking with enough enthusiasm or I'm speaking with too much enthusiasm. All these things can kind of make for a bad listener experience. And... I think the main thing I did was I spent a really long time thinking about the mission because I was like, I know what podcast I want to listen to and it doesn't exist yet. There is just, you can talk about all the little decisions that you make, but my advice to anybody would be spend way more time before you launch the first episode than what you think you need to. Because getting the mission right is the number one thing I think that podcasters do wrong. They just go like, oh, I'm just going to start a podcast and then they just turn the mic on and they just start talking and it makes for a really bad listener experience. What do you guys think? Do you think that uh, spending a lot of time to plan the podcast in the start is a good idea? Yep. Definitely. We have a little- <laughs> learned that from experience. Yeah. We have a little story about this, Daniel. So for our listeners, so Daniel and I met through a podcast episode that Daniel had recorded, not with me, but anyways, that was the common connection. And so when Lisa and I were thinking of starting a podcast or we were maybe kind of halfway through our process of getting the the first episode out. And uh, I reached out to Daniel asking for some like advice and he gave us some amazing (laughs) advice, which we at first, not it's not that we decided to ignore it, but you know, your advice, Daniel, was amazing. But we felt like, oh my gosh, now we've already come so far and he tells us to go back to step one. And we were like, okay, no, we just want to move ahead. And then we moved ahead. We didn't have a very good segmentation and targeting and mission in the beginning, but we just wanted, you know, we were so close. We're like, okay, we need to get the first episode out. And then we recorded the first one, two, three, maybe episodes, just Lisa and I, and we showed it to our team and uh, one of our company owners at Ready for Social who was giving us feedback. And he was like, oh my gosh, like 
go back and do your homework. <laughs> oh, and then I was like, okay, wait, we had this great document from Daniel. Okay, let's indeed go back to step one and do it properly. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. did We did your document, Daniel. And then I did, I don't know, I did like two weeks of like intense research and put like a whole other document together for Monica to go yep. over. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, then we changed our whole, whole concept from just Monica and I being on the show to like having changing guest speakers and experts. And then we started again. Yeah. Yep. I think that that's what winners do, right? So I think that that speaks <laughs> volumes about you two as professionals. Thank you. We oh definitely, <laughs> I think we both have, sometimes the perfectionism is good, sometimes not so much. Hmm. <laughs> and in the beginning, of our journey it was definitely helpful to do it all over again but then like the closer we got to the launch we had to remind ourselves like look it's good enough for now we just really need to start start now and we're still learning throughout the process and yeah. um i think that's where we are right now so i don't think i'm listening stop learning i'm listening and i think you guys are doing really good like really great work for me as a horticulturist and as a person who dabbles in marketing Jumping into your podcast, it was hard at the start, right? Because it's deep. It's how I imagine people who are home gardeners probably getting into the Plants Grow Here podcast. Uh, and I even say in the pot, in the intro, it's like enter a hidden world of deep horticultural knowledge. Like, And that's how I felt. I felt completely submerged. And in the first couple of episodes, I had to listen to twice to actually get the concepts. But after that, you're actually providing a very helpful resource to people. Thank you so much. That means a lot, Daniel, coming from you. And I'm proud of us that you mm. listen to our podcast. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you too. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. You. <laughs> no, I just wanted to ask uh, two just very quick questions. So the first one is, Daniel, this resource that you mentioned, I think you, I believe you said Pat Flynn was that person's name who you thought was a great podcast about podcasting, just in case you have that handy, that would be an amazing resource for our episode speaker notes. Yes, I can give that to you. It's Pat Flynn's podcast is called Passive, Smart Passive Income, SPI, Smart Passive Income Podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah, I would love to include that. And the other thing that I'm personally interested in, because you said about your voice, I think you sound amazing, but I know people are self-critical about their voices, but what did you do specifically? Did you do any like specific things that you can recommend for people who want to work on that? On my to-do list is joining Toastmasters. So I would love to recommend that to people, but I haven't even taken that advice myself yet. Yeah. For me, there's a term, and I think we were interacting on LinkedIn recently, Monica, about this. Uh, there's yeah. a term called bottled enthusiasm, right? So it's about you want to be enthusiastic, but you want to be slow. So if you get too enthusiastic, blah, 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 it's like the pot bubbling over and it kind of spills over and the energy is not nice to listen to. The other way yeah. is you have no enthusiasm when you're too bottled and you sort of sound like this and you have no vocal tonality variation. So I think mm -hmm. of bottled enthusiasm as being like you're being a little bit sing-songy like this, your tonality is going up and down. People like to listen to that. That's interesting. You sound enthusiastic, but at the same time, you're breathing slowly. So I'm not saying I'm an expert at this. It's just what I practice is trying to keep enthusiastic, but breathing slowly. Yeah, that's a good advice. Do you advice. do any warm-up exercises for your voice, Daniel? I should, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
because I read about that and it reminded me of choir practice in school. Yeah. Always... Yeah. The... Exactly. You're supposed to do all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. That's but... probably why my voice can sound different between two different episodes because it might be tied in one and loose in another episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that could be. All right, Lisa, sorry. Let, let, okay. Let's shoot with the next question. Okay, so we talked about podcast rankings in the beginning. Can you explain a little bit how those rankings work and where exactly does your podcast fit in, Daniel? Sure. So ranking, there's a few different places you can rank. Generally, the accepted podcast rank is the Apple Podcasts top charts. So within Apple Podcasts top charts, you have cat like major categories and then subcategories. So Plants Grow Here is, I believe it's in Nature, Education, and Home and Garden. Nature and mm -hmm. Education, for some reason, they just don't, I just don't get any recognition on those two subcategories. All my recognition is on Home and Garden. So I usually rank, and each country has a different rank. So you'll have the Australian top charts, you'll have the Thailand top charts. So my my category that I mainly contend in, home and garden, that's a subcategory within leisure. So I'm always happy when I'm ranking in leisure, which is usually these days. Usually I'm in the top 50, sometimes just below 50. But I like ranking in leisure because it says a lot about a podcast that can compete against other subcategories like automotive, hobbies, gaming. These are all really competitive podcast niches. And to be competing yeah. against those is, I think, something I'm really proud of. Nice. Yeah, I think right. especially automotive and gaming, they have so, I, mm. I don't know any specific podcasts in that area, but I just know, even from my family, <laughs> everybody is just crazy about these topics these days. Dungeons yeah. and Daddies and is one of my favorite titles. It's a, um, <laughs> it, it, they make it very clear that it's not a sexual podcast. It is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And Daniel, you said these podcast rankings, they can change daily, right? Yes. Uh, multiple times within a day, I think, if you have an Apple device. But I mainly use just, so I have um, PodKite, which will tell me all the different rankings where I'm ranking. So I use PodKite. But my wife has an Apple device and she can see the live version just by going onto the top charts. Okay. Okay, that's cool. And what was the highest you ever ranked? Number three in leisure. Still thinking about that to this day. Trying wow. to get back there. <laughs> Impressive. And how many reminders do you have? Oh, you have over 100 episodes by now, do you? Yeah, 109 now. 109. Wow. We have so the, to go, Lisa. <laughs> so the, what goes into ranking on Apple, there are, three, oh, there are a few things. So you've got how much engagement people have. So how long they listen to an episode for. So if you've got 3 million listeners and they all listen for 10 seconds in a 40-minute podcast, your podcast is going to tank. You need to be having at least two-thirds of those people listening the whole way. So uh, one piece of information or one recommendation a lot of podcasters give is short episodes of up to 20 minutes because it's easier to have people listen to the whole episode. I don't mm. like that advice for myself because my podcasts need longer. They take as long as they take. Sometimes they take 20 minutes. Sometimes they take 90 minutes. It just depends on the topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I read that too. And I read something suggesting that if it is a longer episode, to split it in two parts. But I that. thought that was a little weird too, depending on the topic. Because, I mean, you can't just always break it down in the middle and and then have people come back the next week for the second half. I, I wasn't really 
sure if that would work for every podcast. I completely agree. And you have to think about what are your priorities too? Are your priorities to rank or are your priorities to make a good listening experience? Yeah. Yeah. So we mentioned that you gave us like a, or a couple sheets of advice before we even launched our podcast. Can you maybe share some secrets or your personal secrets with our audience, um, how they can make and produce a successful podcast as well? Sure. So the document had quite a few different programs that I use. I can talk about them, but mainly it was about targeting your audience avatar. So I had like, what was it, 30 questions or something about your audience. And I, I love that because like you sit there looking at it at first and you think like, what a stupid waste of time. And then you get in there and the questions prompt you to think like, oh, where do my listeners hang out? Like, what do they do on the weekend? What do they believe? So we're getting beyond demographics of age, sex, location, career, and we're getting into psychographics of how do these people think? So I remember on my document when I filled it out, it was stuff like, these are people who who like hearing other opinions. So like maybe they have strong opinions, maybe they don't, but they they like having the opposite opinion. So I think a lot of gardening podcasts in the space either swing very heavily to the left or very heavily to the right politically. Whereas I didn't Mm. want to play that game. I just wanted to have people who have varying different beliefs and then we can get them all in together and then we can take away from it what speaks to us. And then sometimes we're going to listen to it and be like, you're wrong, you're an idiot. And that's great. Yeah. So I'll tell you some of the programs now. So I record in Zencaster. Why I do that is I get a separate track for each speaker and myself. So let's say just then there's a little bit of talking over each other. I'll probably just remove that or I'll remove maybe part of what you said or part of what I said, just so that it makes it cleaner. So we're not talking over each other. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's fun. That's why I like using Zencaster. And it sometimes on Zoom, you know, when you're speaking and then I speak, it mutes you or it mutes me or whatever, just trying to get one voice. And I don't like that. I want to be able to decide which voice I erase. So Zoom makes the choice for me, whereas Zencaster, I can make the decision. I edit audio in a program called Audacity. It's a free program. I love it. Once you get used to it, you get used to it, but it's like hieroglyphics at the start. Now, when I'm looking at the waveforms, I can tell which is a breath, which is a clicking sound, which is an S, like S S and F sound familiar, but S and K, a K sound is very distinctive. So sometimes I won't even need to check. I'll just be like, that's a breath. I can remove that. Although I don't remove too much. I'm getting that. (laughs) Can you see it? Can you read them? They're like hieroglyphics. Um. Yes, I, I'm getting there. Not with everything, but yeah, the S's and the F's, they are like, I can distinguish them. And, you know, if I listen to like a certain stretch over again, I can basically, st- I start to be able to see it instead of just only hearing it. But yeah, yep. sorry, I, I'm not very advanced yet, <laughs> but it's it's a fun program. And I've looked around a lot for other tools because I was so frustrated with this tool in the beginning. But then we came together again and now I'm in love with audacity. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So stats, we can get our stats from Apple podcasts and Spotify. So that'll tell us how many listeners we have on each of those platforms. And those two platforms will also tell us how long people are listening. So I can tell how long people listen to an episode on Spotify. And then I can tell how long people listen to that same episode on Apple. Don't ask me why Apple people seem to listen just a little bit longer. Also, Apple listeners tend to listen to the most recent episode and Spotify listeners listen more to the 
oldest episodes. I believe that's because Spotify defaults to oldest episode first. So it's really interesting on the oldest episodes, I've always got so many more Spotify listeners and on the newer episodes, not as many Spotify listeners. Interesting. We can also look at stats through our RSS host. So I use Buzzsprout for my RSS host. These terms, Uh they, they sound confusing at first, but an RSS host is basically just the place where you upload your audio and then that host sort of spreads the episodes around between Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, iHeartRadio, everyone, so you don't have to upload every individual every individual episode onto every individual platform. Now, mm-hmm. I check out Spot uh, Podkite for some stats as well, particularly for the Apple Podcast top charts. And you and podcast stats can just go on and on and on. Jeff Epstein mentioned something about vanity metrics in episode 11 of the Straight to Business podcast, which is really interesting. You know, like, let's not get bogged down in metrics for metrics sake. Like, you don't get a gold medal for being high on the charts. Honestly, people don't really care that much. It's just social proof. That's about all you get out of it and a little ego boost. So focus more, I think, on making a positive listener experience than than stats. Yeah, I I feel the same way. And I think that also goes back to focusing on your audience and really make your show for the people that it's aiming to teach something. Mm. And I love that because it's sort of like, okay, do you make something for everybody and then nobody's probably going to end up liking it? Or do you make something for some weirdo, some really, really specific person who has really specific needs? (laughs) And then, you know, that specific person's going to be like to their weird friends, hey, there's this really weird podcast. It's just for us. And it makes it much more shareable within a small niche community. Yeah. Yeah. But that's true because even when I'm listening to podcasts and they're getting too random with their topics just to have another show, that always annoys mm -hmm. me. It's I like it when it's like really detailed and exactly what I kind of want to hear and hear more about. And if they're getting too widespread in their topic selection, I I stop listening to them. And then you hit the unsubscribe button and then they've lost a listener. So they've not only just lost out on a listener for that one episode, they've lost a loyal fan. Yeah. Yeah. So Daniel, how, because this is something that Lisa and I also discussed before we started. So like in your case, or if you imagine like you would advise a business who is looking to start a podcast within your audience, you probably have or let's say within your target group, you have probably multiple personas, multiple just different people. How do you actually really go about deciding who you are going to offer the podcast to? So my niche is funny. Like I've just been telling you about make something really, really specific. My niche is, it's a psychographic. So I've told you about psychographics they want to hear widely, but really it's about green industry professionals. So I could have easily made maintenance gardener podcast content or nursery industry podcast content, but I've gone a little bit wider than that. And the reason why is as a maintenance gardener, I actually wanted to hear what the nurseries were doing. And I actually wanted to hear about what was going on at TAFE. And I wanted to hear about all of the industry because I knew one day I might move to a different part of the industry. Oh. So I balance podcast within this within this industry, but I care more about the psychographic content. So I can, psychographics are about how people believe and about how people think. So I'm trying to serve someone who is working within the industry, but who wants to know about all different aspects of the industry. So there's always the common themes of the style that I interview. I always write out 12 to 20 questions per episode, just so that we can mm-hmm. stay on topic. And it's about choosing topics that I think the inter- my listeners will be, care about 
And then it's about doing the best justice to that topic and about getting guests from just all different types of guests. Like I love having guests who are just so different from each other. Like I'll have one guest who's a big lefty from the UK and then I'll get some guest who's a really into their uh, monocrops and their genetic modification who, who probably goes against the grain of what everyone else says. But I think it's interesting to have those two people together and ask them honest questions and just have them speak from their own experience and use their own expertise. Because each of my guests knows a lot more about the topic they're teaching than I do. Yeah. I loved that episode, I need to mention it, with that gentleman who could turn the tree sounds into music. <laughs> that was just yeah. so out there and so like interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that was one that I was like, how's this going to go? But I can't not do this episode. Yes, I <laughs> thought it was fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So what he does is he plugs probe into the roots and then he clips one onto the leaf and then plays through a, basically there's a device that interprets the electromagnetic output of the plant into musical notes. And then Tom Wall, who was my guest from a band called Cosmic Knot, will play guitar back to the plant and actually change its tune. So it can change its timing and everything. Basically, he's changing its emotions using music. And we already know that music can affect plants, like the, the way they grow and stuff like that. But it's just really interesting to see it in real time. And that is the closest thing I've ever seen to human plant communication. Wow. I thought, yeah, that's so cool. We have to include that specific episode. I mean, we're going to include a link to your podcast, but that specific episode, we have to include it into our show notes too. I had to do a second episode with him too, so there's two. Okay, cool. Yeah, let, please, like, let, I can find them, but we'll, we'll include those. Yeah, there's a lot of episodes to troll through. I'll send you the links. Okay, cool. Sounds good. So, Daniel, before we jump to our next topic, I'd like to ask you our mandatory question here on our <laughs> podcast. So we have experts from every part of the world on our show and are always interested in hearing what favorite local food they have. Until now, we never had a guest from Australia. So I'm especially excited to hear your answer today. Awesome. So as the first Aussie, I'm going to have to say meat pies. Have you ever heard of a meat pie before? Nope. No. That will be crazy to a lot of Australians that you've never heard of a meat pie. So it's basically, it is what it sounds like. It's a pie with meat and gravy on the inside. A lot of different ways to do it. You can have onions, you can have mushrooms, you can have even curry pies, lots of different ways. The classic is just beef and gravy and extra points depending on how thick the beef is. So the bigger the cuts of beef and the juicier they are and the fattier they are, the better. So you, a, lot, a lot of tradies, so work, workmen like me, uh, professional workmen, will go to the local servo in the morning and grab a coffee and a pie, and that's called the tradies breakfast of champions. Whoa, wait, you eat that for breakfast? Yes, yes, we do. And lunch. <laughs> Gosh, only that's in Australia. Crazy. It sounds only like Australia. it gives you a lot of energy, though. Yes, it does. And there are pie connoisseurs. So workmen such as myself, when we travel around different suburbs, if you need to find the best pie, just ask us because we've been to all the bakeries and all the surveys and we can tell you where the best pies are. Oh. So you can really buy that at a bakery? Yes. And they're better, usually better at a bakery, especially if there's been a lot of love and care into it with big, fatty, chunky pieces of steak. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever eat that? I would totally eat that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I would. 
I well, I'm German, or oh well, Lisa is too. We are both German, but I like I'm used to kind of heavy food. But then,、mm. yeah, no, I would try it definitely. Well,、It's、I didn't eat、you. meat since I'm like 13 years old, and I recently just kind of started to reintroduce some chicken.、Mm-hmm. So I don't think I could tolerate the the pie. Seven <laughs> Eleven makes a great chicken and leek pie. Seven、uh, Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> maybe by the time I come to Australia, maybe I'm ready to try. You'll be、it. ready. Yeah. Yeah. You you'll have to become one of us. You'll need your Australian citizenship first. Oh, oh god. <laughs> no, I'll be I'll be working on that. But oh, wow, I I did not expect that kind of answer. I don't know. Maybe something would. Were you thinking kangaroo steak? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we actually well, don't eat much of that. Some of us do, but it doesn't taste as nice. Like a lot of us, I think, wish we could eat more kangaroo meat, but we just don't enjoy it. Okay, yeah, I, I have never tried that. It's very gamey. <laughs> Gosh.、Oh. Well, so, okay. Let's write. Let's jump back to our topic. <laughs> Enough of the meat. <laughs> so we spoke a lot about. Podcast basics, including how to start a podcast, what kind of software to look into. I'd like to focus a little more on the marketing aspect now. Can you explain what's necessary to market your podcast and how can you grow a community? Right. So listen to a lot of Seth Godin YouTube videos and read all his books. Step one. Okay. Step two. Just get the mission right. So listen is the number one priority. Make something worth listening to. Make something worth sharing. Use tactical empathy to get inside the head of people who have a need that's not being met. So create something that doesn't exist yet. Don't just go and create the next plants grow here podcast. I'll dominate you. Go and make the next nursery podcast. Make it an, a smaller niche. So get the mission right straight up. Logo, look. Logo, is it important? Is it not? I mean, when people are scrolling through Apple, they just see the logo. They can't hear you. So I went with a green logo with a leaf. Illustration on it. Now you can say that's hardly purple cow, but <laughs> you know exactly what it is. It's a plants podcast, so I've got that going for me. And then when you hit the and you start listening, then I've got something a little bit purple cow, which is a mysterious kind of a music. So、yeah. hopefully that's not what people are used to. They're used to hearing sunny, up upbeat music. So hopefully when they hear the mysterious music, they go, "Oh, what's this? This is different." And a bit of a purple cow thing going on.、Uh, theme music. Just touched on that. So pick something that. Describes your vibe. So I didn't want something that was sunny and upbeat. I wanted something that felt like you're entering a mysterious, like a mysterious forest of hidden knowledge. I didn't want to sound like we were just staying on the surface. I wanted to sound like we were going deep. Guests, pick good guests. The guest is everything in an interview style podcast, right? So I, I just try and get just everyday normal people who are just doing the work. That's the vibe I'm going for. Regularity of episodes is also important. How regular are you going to place episodes? Are you going to do them once a month? Are you going to do them once a week? Whatever you do, make sure you stick with it. Because if your listeners are expecting you once a week and then they turn up two weeks a row and you're not there, they may unsubscribe and you're going to lose loyal fans and they're going to stop talking about you. They're going to stop sharing you. They're going to stop giving you that precious download every week. I recommend weekly just because that's just people can keep up with a weekly podcast. But it's a lot of work, and I think you're much better off doing a fortnightly or even a monthly podcast if that's all you can do. But pick a goal that you can stick to. So don't start doing weekly if you don't think you can keep up with it. You're better off starting monthly and then moving up to weekly. 
Ouch. <laughs> That's oh, exactly. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. No, no, no. It's okay. We can, we can take it. So no, but you, it's a good point. So we started with, with weekly and it just, because we are doing this not as a full-time job. Yeah. So it just, just became a full-time job with regards to doing it weekly. And especially as we were still learning how to do everything at some point we were like, okay, gosh, no white flag we're going to two yeah. weeks <laughs> and i um, think because you did it early enough that's really good and also you know you haven't built up expectations too much to to disappoint people and also you decided that no we can make one episode every two weeks that's going to be awesome or we can struggle to make one episode a week and it's probably not going to be as good so you made the right call yeah thank you <sighs> it definitely kind of started being like a burnout yep syndrome almost yeah so I think the bi-weekly works for us. and But who knows? I mean, we can always change it back yep. the more efficient and professional we're getting with this. But we'll see. Once so every two much, weeks is how good. How much time do you usually put into your podcast? Uh, I'd like to batch do things. So I'll spend one whole day, two whole days editing up a bunch of episodes. So I used to say one hour of audio used to take me three hours to edit, but that's gone way down now. Probably takes me, depending on the episode, between an hour and a half to two hours to edit. It just depends on the episode. Sometimes there's a lot more editing. Sometimes there's less editing. Yeah, I, I listen back to the whole episode and then I sort of edit out bits and pieces. And I, I listen to it at 1.8 times speed. So it does sort of speed things up and I don't have to listen to my voice. I sound like a chipmunk, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the painful thing during editing. I find that too. Then you have to like listen to yourself. And be like, I wish I could re-record that. But you, as you said, you did it in the beginning. But then I'm like, I can't re-record every episode. Then no. it becomes like five hours of editing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So then, sorry, I just wanted to ask you one more thing as we also, Lisa and I at least talk also about social selling and the, the podcast. Um, sorry, the, the podcast is also dealing with social selling as its main theme. So uh, I know you use LinkedIn to talk about your podcast to connect with your audience or to get you a listeners. What what other channels do you use? Do you use social channels a lot mm -hmm. or how how do you market your podcast? It's mainly Twitter and LinkedIn for me. I do have an Instagram. I don't focus on that very much. The Twitter, I'm trying to tweet out as regularly as I can, depending it might be five or six tweets a week or it might be five or six tweets a day, depending on how I'm feeling. I try and get regular content out there. I try not to leave too many days in a row where I'm not talking. Yeah. Twitter, I find it's, they're like shower thoughts sometimes are good. They they go well, like just, just things you think about, silly little things or things you notice along the street. That goes well. And then every now and then I plug the episode. I try not to be too salesy. I'll put a little audiogram up there so people can listen yeah. to a, a short snippet. LinkedIn, I'm still figuring LinkedIn out about what my personality is on there. I think I'm a little bit all over the shop sometimes with my content because, yeah, I'm trying to get on to – trying to create content for people who want to listen to the podcast, but then I'm also focusing a lot on people who want to advertise on the podcast. So kind of a bit higgled to piggled there, there, but it works for me because I don't only want to speak to advertisers or only want to talk to listeners on LinkedIn. That, that's really where both of those people are as working professional horticulturists and B2B yeah. brands. Yeah, and it takes a while. I mean, it's just normal. I think it takes a while to figure things out. I mean, there are so many, besides your audience on LinkedIn, there's a lot of different things that you can figure out, like the length of the post, you use video or audio or 
pictures mm. or what hashtags. I know you you work with memes a lot. That's kind of fun <laughs> because it it actually stands out in my feed. <laughs> so I every so. time, Thank you. <laughs> yes, it does. No, and it's like a little bit of lightness. <laughs> in the feed. So I, I find that pretty cool. I actually did not have access to memes in the past a lot, but my son who is 11, he got me into memes. And now ever <laughs> I see one, or I don't know if they are called memes, what you're using, but these little, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Are they memes or am I using the right word for it? I think you're probably not far off. I'd probably call them GIFs. So they're like it's- GIFs or GIFs, however you want to say it. So I use like a lot of Simpsons and South Park GIFs to sometimes undercut yeah. what I'm saying. So one <laughs> one I did recently was like about how hardly anyone cares and you can set yourself above the average by just simply caring about what you do. And then I had Bart Simpson going, can't promise I'll try, but I'll try to try. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that one. <laughs> nice. Lisa, do you yes. want to, sorry, we have a last like Yes, question. question for you. Go ahead. So Daniel, sure. I mentioned during your introduction that you help marketers get started with their podcasts. What does that look like exactly? So I can, so I've got this pretty awesome like sheet that I've created, right? And that's going to turn into a bit more of a fancy document. So I do want to help people get into the podcasting space because I've seen what it can do. Just having, having attention in the, in 2022 is just so valuable. It just, opens doors for you professionally and personally and it it's just a really good thing to have for an individual or for a business so what i can do is i can guide you to make your own podcast using that document that i share with you guys and also just coaching so it's basically like an online course a short online course just straight into the deep stuff we're not going to talk about the shallow stuff we're just going to get straight into the deep stuff so that's a coaching service that i can provide for people Yeah. So from my, as you said, I mean, I honestly didn't realize that podcast as a service was a big space because, you know, Lisa and I, we didn't research that. We just got started and then we, we, we had your uh, support and your knowledge to, to base our podcast on. But what I really liked when you helped, like in our first conversations, I I totally get what you mean by when you say that you go deep. So I felt I'm getting a lot of knowledge from you in a short amount of time, but you keep it real. So I always could understand what you're talking about instead of, uh, oh my gosh, this is going to be too much work or it sounds too difficult. But I felt like you made it accessible. Thank you. That I'm a big believer in accessibility. That's the podcast to a T, always thinking about making knowledge accessible for people yeah no you really did that for us and um when you say that you are doing that for other people or businesses i mean we are not in the horticultural industry but do you um do that across industries or do you have a specific industry focus of companies or people that you help yeah no look any any type of business i'm particularly interested in the marketing online business and horticulture spaces but at the same time I'm very keen to learn about all different things. So the beautiful thing about editing a podcast is you actually get to listen to the whole podcast and learn about it. So pretty open to anything. Probably just wouldn't want to make a podcast like Plants Grow Here. Happy to make other podcasts within the space that are more targeted towards different parts of the industry or, you know, home gardeners, stuff like that. I just I just don't think that you can replicate Plants Grow Here. I think it's a one-of-a-kind kind of a thing. Yes. 
And that would also be counterproductive, I guess, to you. Right. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, you don't want to produce your own competition. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Daniel, so if people would like to get in touch with you, should they contact you on LinkedIn or should they go to your website? What, what would you recommend if somebody's interested? Probably LinkedIn, search Daniel Fuller Plants Grow Here and you'll find me. I'm in Melbourne and I've got a microphone in front of my face as my profile picture. I might change that soon though. <laughs> or the I website like contact. <laughs> okay. I've got the website as well. So you can visit my contact page on plantsgrowhere.com or just email me at hello at plantsgrowhere.com. Awesome. Thank you. We make sure that we put all those informations in the show notes. Awesome. This is a long okay. episode for you guys, right? 52 minutes. Yep. Yes. Let me I just think... round up real quick and then then we're done. <laughs> so, Daniel, thank you so much for these insight and great tips and tricks. And thank you at home for tuning in to the Straight to Business podcast with your hosts, Lisa Davidson and social selling expert, Monika Husika. We hope you enjoyed our episode on whether or not your digital marketing strategy should include a podcast. Thank you so much, Daniel, for joining us. This was really cool. Thanks so much, Monica and Lisa. Yeah, really great experience. Thank you so much. If you're keen to learn even more about social selling and how to use it for your business advantage, join us next week. As always, you can head over to www.straighttobusiness.live for additional resources to sign up to our email list or to join us as a guest speaker. Don't forget, all the information from today's episode can also be found in our show notes. If you have additional questions, please feel free to comment on our blog or get in touch with us on LinkedIn. The links to our profiles are provided on our website and in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. We hope to see you next week.